as uh, we move uh, closer to this Christmas Advent season, it's great to sing songs that speak of the timeless truths of why Jesus came and who he is. Uh, last week, I shared with you that uh, when your heart aches at Christmas, what do you do? And I pray that you are finding hope and peace in a relationship with Christ this Christmas. And I hope that you daily cultivate that relationship, even in the midst of struggles. It seems like we're finally entering a season of some optimistic hope now that we have approved vaccines for COVID-19. And yet, if you're in the healthcare field or tracking this virus, there's serious concern that COVID-19 cases are increasing. I was talking with one of our healthcare professionals in our church, Jose, and he was saying at the, is his hospital not far from our church prior to Thanksgiving, there were six cases. And now there are over 60 cases of people hospitalized with COVID. Living with this tension that things are hopefully getting better, but they're not yet completely safe. And we find ourselves in this liminal space, I call it, where things are on the threshold of change for better, but that's still not the current reality that we're uh, experiencing. You know, we often find ourselves in liminal seasons. There are seasons of waiting for something better to happen. I remember waiting on the birth of each of our children. It was always seemed to take longer than I expected, uh, especially for Lori. Nine months seemed like 18. And uh, Lori was struggling with nauseousness six out of the nine months of pregnancy. And I remember us anticipating each of our children's birth for the joy of seeing them and then for the nauseousness to end. And a lot of times we would pray over our children even while they were in the womb. And we would even talk to them. I'm sure maybe some of you have done that too that have experienced parenthood. Uh, but it seemed like a long time to wait for each of their births. And after the births of the children, I realized something. That's just the beginning of the journey of parenting. There's still so much work to do in raising a family. The birth is just beginning of many sacrificial acts of kindness and crazy times of learning what it means to be a parent, along with a lot of mistakes. And I remember somebody told me, if you really want to mature, on a whole nother level of breaking with self-centeredness and pride, try to become a loving parent. It will stretch you. It will humble you. It will challenge you to give, to care, to help, to nurture. Uh, you know, when you're most tired and the weakest, but it can be one of the most rewarding roles you'll ever have. It's one that God calls people to. And so when I look at Joseph, as Jesus's stepfather. Think about it. He's in this difficult place as he tries to understand, navigate, and respond to Mary's pregnancies. Uh, pregnancy. He is misinterpreting the miracle as, uh, as a sin, a sin of adultery, a betrayal of his betrothal, a shattering of his plans coming to an abrupt end. In the eyes of the community, their reputation will be destroyed if the sin is found out and the shame is overwhelming his heart. Now, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 1, but if not, just please listen. Um, but it says this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, 
was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Uh, you see, what was happening was Joseph, he was faithful to the law. He wanted to obey the law of God. And one of the laws was do not lie and do not commit adultery. And so as he's interpreting this pregnancy that Mary has as adultery, and um, he is pledged to be married to her back then in that culture, once you were engaged, you were considered married. You made a covenant, although you didn't consummate the marriage yet. Usually you would wait one year while you were engaged, but that was a set covenant that you had made before each other, and you could not break that covenant. The only way you could break it was through divorce. But this was even more serious. If Mary was pregnant by another man, as Joseph supposed, the sin was punishable by death, usually by stoning. And it says that in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verses 20 and 21. Joseph was afraid to take her as his wife because it was equivalent to admitting that he was the father of the child. The NIV uh, Quest Study Bible says this, doing so would have brought him social disgrace, caused to become religiously impure. No one would have wanted to associate with him for fear of becoming contaminated. Joseph lived in the town of Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth at that time was probably the size of a football field. It wasn't very big. Its population was just a few hundred people. Uh, most archaeologists will say that uh, Nazareth was an outpost uh, for religious people who wanted to separate themselves from being contaminated by the Romans and Roman rule. And so Joseph was a very religious person, but he was also in a very small community and everybody knew everybody's business. So the scripture gives us a glimpse into Joseph's mind. There is this disillusionment. There's this fear. There's also this shame. There's probably some anger mixed in there too. And because of this, he considers and, constri and constrives a plan. This is what the original language actually means of the word he considered in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. It says that uh, after he had considered or contrived this plan, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her, <clears throat> it's from the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph uh, is a, uh, has this dream, and in the dream, probably it's the angel Gabriel that comes to him, and he addresses him as Joseph, not uh, the son of his father, but the son of David. And David, he, Joseph was a direct descendant of David, and so was Mary. And so they had this uh, ancestral line of being of the line of David. And David was promised, King David, we're talking about King David, King David was promised that one day his offspring would sit on the throne and would reign forever and ever. And so this was a direct prophecy. And this is, is the angel is trying to tell Joseph, this is who you are. You're part of the plan, Joseph. Get on the agenda. Take Mary home. Uh, respect her. Love her. 
She's in God's will. She's God's chosen vessel to bring, to send his people, the savior of the world. And Joseph, you're chosen as well to raise the son of God and be the husband that Mary needs you to be and be the stepfather Jesus needs you to be, to be there to provide, to protect and lead your family. Man, it's just like Joseph is given a whole nother view of this whole situation. And, you know, that can happen to us, too. We can be stuck in a mindset that isn't very hopeful, that uh, sees things kind of negative, and then God can intervene and change our whole mindset. Sometimes we try to contrive a plan to fix the problem that we're going through, and God wants us to stop and listen to him and talk to him. Last week, I shared with you uh, that sometimes it's how we pray, that God is calling us to pray. And remember what I said, there's three things. Keep it simple. Talk to God about the situation that you're in. And then keep it honest. Tell him how you're feeling. If you're frustrated, if you're angry, if you're worried, if you're fearful. And then keep the conversation going. You know, that's one of the things that I find that I do often when I'm praying is I'll begin the conversation, I'll be honest, but it's sometimes hard to keep the conversation going on with God because it takes time, it takes initiative, it takes uh, uh, thoughtful um, perseverance to keep the conversation going. But Joseph is invited into this relationship to be the earthly father of Jesus because in, uh, and and then it's confirmed by that, by, she, by the angel telling Joseph in verse 21, she will give birth, Mary's going to give birth to a son, and Joseph, you are to give him the name, Jesus. And that's very important. The father always gives the name of the child in the Jewish culture, and it affirms and confirms that this is my son, this is a blessing from God to me. And Joseph is given that privilege of naming Jesus because he's naming him the, the name Jesus because he, that name actually means Yeshua or the Savior. He will save his people from their sins. And that really is an invitation to be part of the redemptive plan of God that Joseph was given this opportunity. See, Jesus was born into this world not only just to be a little baby and to become the king of kings, but to be this so as a sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the one who provides forgiveness for all of our sins by his sacrifice on the cross. And he brings us into a deeper, more authentic relationship with the living God. It says here then in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, all this took place. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will, be, will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, Matthew brings up these prophetic words spoken by Isaiah the prophet in the gospel, and he says, this is what this means. This prophecy from Isaiah is being fulfilled in Jesus. And there were hundreds of prophecies written in the Old Testament 
and Matthew names many of them in the gospel that refer to Jesus as the fulfillment of the prophecy written about who the Messiah is. But this one is particular because it says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you'll call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. So the very role of Jesus was to reveal who God is to us and be with us. So when you think about that, when you look at Jesus as Emmanuel, he's with you in your struggle, in your difficulty, in your blessing, in your assignment in life, whether you're a student or whether you're a teacher, uh, whether you're single or married, whether you're a parent or childless, whether you're widowed or divorced, Jesus is God with us. Whether you're young or whether you're old, Jesus is God with us in the midst of whatever we're going through. And God was with Mary and Joseph, and he will always be with us. You know, the gospel of written of Matthew is written with the perspective of a Jewish background. And so over and over again, he places in these prophecies, and you wonder if Joseph understood the book of Isaiah, and I'm sure he did. And and then the, just a few chapters later, we come to those famous words that are, are in Handel's Messiah. For to us, a child is born in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What a comfort that was for Mary and Joseph to be part of God's rescue restoration plan to save people from their sin, to save them and uh, to save them from their contrived plans, first of all, and then put them on a whole nother plan and agenda and to invite them into this relationship with the living God. You know, one of the freeing things I think is to discover the grace of God in Jesus Christ, that he came, that it was his initiative to save us, just like it was his initiative to come into Joseph's life and reveal the purpose and the plan that Joseph played in the bringing of Jesus, uh, of taking care of Jesus in the world as his stepfather. If you're here listening today, and you're even understanding this message, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. It's the calling of God to draw you closer to him. It's the, the work of the Holy Spirit is to draw us closer to Jesus, to reveal to us our need of forgiveness and our need of this relationship with the living God. Well, you know, a lot of people don't always catch that. And if you turn the next chapter of Matthew chapter two in the Christmas story, it was, says this, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and we've come to worship him. Now, when Herod heard this, the Bible says he was disturbed and contrived a plan. Now, Herod was king during that time, and he was a king who was a very insecure king. And when he heard that there was a new king that was born, he contrived a plan to find and kill Jesus. So these wise men were 
following their agenda to find follow this star and then in following this star to worship a newborn king not king herod but a newborn king who would be the king of all kings and that star led them to the city of bethlehem and even though herod was plot, trying and plotting to kill jesus it's interesting that the wise men continued to follow the star and they came to jesus as a baby, as, as a young child, probably one or two years old, and they worshiped him. Now, it's interesting, on one of the most darkest years of this century, 2020 has been a difficult year for many people, that astronomers are saying that there is a Bethlehem or Christmas star that is going to appear tomorrow, Monday night, at around sunset. And the last time these two planets, Saturn and Jupiter, aligned to create a bright light visible from Earth was 800 years ago. Now, before that time, uh, most um, astrologers uh, believed that there was some sort of light that the, uh, that the wise men saw and followed. They don't know if it was a comet or if, they don't know if, or if it was an alignment of planets that caused a brighter light but they were following this star. Now, the interesting thing is on 2020, December 21st, this alignment is happening again. The celestial event is known as the Great Conjunction by astronomers, and it's nicknamed the Christmas star or the Bethlehem star. But the Bible says that God always puts signs in the sky to mark special events on his agenda. In ancient time, people thought they were uh, a new leaders or new kingdoms that were going to arise when they saw these uh, signs in the sky. The Romans who ruled most of the known world at the time thought the star was about them. Uh, an article in the Christian Broadcast Network says this, and they even put the star on one of their coins with an image of Caesar Augustus, which represents how impressive the star was, a sort of star of Rome rather than the star of Bethlehem marking the birth of Christ. So the Romans interpret the star as it's about us. And the wise men interpret the star. It's about a new king, the king of kings. While Caesar Augustus and Herod have long passed from history, Jesus is worshiped by millions around the world as the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God. He brings us into a relationship with our everlasting Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. The Prince of Peace is Jesus, who also said he would return again someday. And until then, we can experience his peace no matter where what we go through because he promises to be with us. The wise men, they make every effort to meet this newborn king. They're not dissuaded by King Herod, whose trickery is trying to kill the child. Uh, they continue on. They're warned in a dream not to go back to Herod and tell him that they've met the child, but they're to leave and go back to the place where they had came from after they worship Jesus and give gifts to his parents and to him. You know, we always make time for important people or important events in our life, don't we? You know, growing up as a young boy, 
playing baseball, I was a huge New York Yankee fan. And this past week, I had an opportunity to meet one of my one of the most famous Yankee pitchers of all time, Mariano Rivera. He was unanimously inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2019, just last year. So Pastor Ray Rosa of Teen Challenge calls me up on, uh, I think it was Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, and asked me if I want to go with him to Mari, Mari, Mariano Rivera's home. And he was going to sign 30 baseballs to be used to raise money for Teen Challenge in the Dominican Republic. So... Uh, I made time. It was Thursday night. So, so Thursday night, actually he called me on Thursday morning. It was, and then Thursday night, it was after this huge snowstorm. Uh, we head out there. We almost got stuck in the snow drift coming off a ramp from a highway, but eventually we got out of the snow drift and by God's grace made it to his home. So when we pull into the gated community uh, that uh, Mariano lives in, in this huge uh, mansion, um, Pastor Ray says to me, I'm sorry, Pastor Albert, you'll have to wait here while I go in and get the baseball sign. So I'm sitting in the car texting my children about who I'm going to meet. And then the time goes on, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I said, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to meet him because uh, Ray had said that he's a little concerned about COVID-19 and you know, maybe he doesn't want me in his house or like anything like that. And then Ray comes out of the house and uh, he goes, comes into the car. And the next thing I know, the garage door opens and Mariano Rivera comes walking out. And I get out of the car and I greet him. I say, hey, man, I'm a huge fan. Can I get my picture with you? And so we, he takes the picture and I get the picture and I send it out to my kids. Hey, I did meet him. And uh, we talked for about three minutes. And, you know, I thought about the excitement that I had, my preparation as I rearranged my schedule, drove two hours on icy roads to meet Mariano for three minutes. You get the point. There's someone who's so much greater than Mariano Rivera. And Mariano Rivera would tell you this himself because he's a strong believer and loves the Lord. There's somebody even more important. He's the God of the universe who came down to meet our greatest need to forgive us our sins by sacrificing himself on the cross and to be with us. And he calls us into a relationship with him. He wants that relationship to be real. And he wants us to experience that. Mark Batterson is a pastor and author who says this about Jesus being Emmanuel. God is the Almighty One, but He's also Emmanuel. If you want a balanced picture of God, you've got to juxtapose those two names. He is God Most High, and He's God Most Nigh. He's the God that's most near us. He exists outside time and space, but he's also Emmanuel to be God with us in our time and in our place and in the thing that we're going through right now. So I want to encourage you today, when you think about maybe the season that you're in right now, maybe it's a season of waiting. Maybe it's a time when you're not thinking, you know, this is, hasn't been the best year. 
in my lifetime. Maybe it's time that we stop trying to figure everything out and start praying more. And I want to give you, you know, some action steps. First, do start praying more. Start talking to God. Be honest with him where you're at. <clears throat> Trust him as he begins, as you open up his word and begin to read his word, see what God is speaking to you. And then the third thing is stay in his presence. Open. You know what the greatest present is that you could get this Christmas? Is the Lord's presence. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. -E. Open the present of his presence. God is with us. So I want to encourage you to draw near to God this week at Christmas and in this coming year. You know, we're going to be starting in January 3rd. We're going to start six weeks of prayer. It's called 40 days of prayer. It doesn't mean that you have to pray 24 hours, seven, 40 days in a row. It's not that. But we are going to intentionally spend more time in prayer in 2021, the first 40 days. And I believe God is going to meet us in a very deep and special way. And I'm inviting you to be a part of that. You just go on our website. You can sign up for it and you'll get a devotional each day. And it'll help you to stay connected with God. Uh, but I hope that you will pursue a deeper faith and a deeper relationship with the one who came to be with us, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray and let's ask the Lord to make himself uh, manifest his presence and his, the reality of who he is in our lives. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time to be together today. Lord, although we can't be in person, Lord, we can still hear your word. We can still sense your presence. We pray for those that are going through difficult times right now, when they're waiting on you, to answer prayer, and they may be struggling, they may be suffering, they may be facing something very difficult, but Lord, you're able to be with them and bring them through it, just like you were with Mary and Joseph, just like you were with the wise men, just like you were with the shepherds, Lord, just like you were with Simeon and Anna at the temple, just like you were, Lord, working and moving in the midst of the thing that they were going through right then. Lord, give us the strength. Give us the encouragement to talk with you, to be honest, and to keep this conversation and our understanding of who you are, to keep it going with you, Lord. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.